In the middle of a, a series, we've been looking through the Sermon on the Mount that Jesus gave. Uh, and I said before, it's the longest uh, sermon or talk that Jesus gives that we hear about in the Bible. And we're uh, about four weeks into it. So we're at uh, Matthew chapter 6, verses 25 to 34. So if you've got your Bibles, you can open up to that. And we'll get to that in just a moment. But first of all... song I wrote, you might want to sing it note for note, don't worry, be happy, in every life we have some trouble, but when you worry you make it double, don't worry, be happy, don't worry, be happy now. Don't worry, be happy. It's a nice little uh, saying, isn't it, in one sense? Don't worry, be happy. It's uh, fairly uh, pithy. It sounds good, but it doesn't hold a lot of water, really, does it? Uh, nice, but does it really impact anxiety? Does it really stop us from worrying? You know, you can sing that song and whistle along. Don't worry, be happy, get his phone number, give him a call. But, you know, really, it doesn't make much difference, does it? I don't know about you, but I think uh, anxiety and worry is something that all, impacts us all at different times. Uh, there's times I know with me that it just takes over what I'm on about and it just grabs me. And I, if I sing that song, it might make me feel good for about two seconds, but it really doesn't change the circumstances, the situation, or my worry. And you know what? Jesus knows that. And Jesus speaks into that. Uh, in the sermon that we're on the mount that we're looking at, the passage that we're about to get to, Jesus speaks directly to our worry and our anxiety. Now, he's not speaking directly to the fact that, you know, just everyday little things that we might, you know, be concerned about something, the fact that we've got to drive down the street or whatever, but it's more to do with the things that keep us awake at night, 
the anxiety that just goes on and on and on and on. Uh, he's not saying either in this passage that we're going to see about that we, well, don't worry, be happy and just be lazy and just let it all happen. Because uh, the Bible doesn't talk about that either, does it? It talks about that we should be able to plan and we should be able to look forward to things. Uh, but we've got to have the right focus when we do that. But Jesus speaks into that worry, that anxiety that keeps us up at night or stops us sleeping or gets into us and impacts us and affects us so that our relationships with others and our relationship with God is hindered because of it. And Jesus knows that that is something that hits all of us. And so he speaks into that in the Sermon on the Mount. So we're going to hear from that this morning. We're going to hear uh, chapter 6, verses 25 through to 34. Jane's going to read that for us. And notice the number of times that Jesus mentions the word worry, or you might have anxiety, uh, one of those words that we translate in your version. I think it's worry in the NIV. Uh, have a look at that, and then we're going to see that actually Jesus speaks to that and can be very, not just a pithy little word, but something that actually can relieve anxiety for us. Thanks, Jane. My heading is, Do Not Worry. Therefore, I tell you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat or drink, or about your body, what you will wear. Is not life more important than food, and the body more important than clothes? Look at the birds of the air. They do not sow or reap or store away in barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not much more valuable than they? Who of you, by worrying, can add a single hour to his life? And why do you worry about clothes? See how the lilies of the field grow. They do not labour or spin. Yet I tell you that not even Solomon, in all his splendour, was dressed like one of these. If that is how God clothes the grass of the field, which is here today and tomorrow is thrown into the fire, will he not much more clothe you? O ye of little faith. So do not worry, saying, What shall we eat? Or what shall we drink? Or what shall we wear? For the pagans run after all these things, and your heavenly Father knows that you need them. But seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well. Therefore do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. May the Lord add his blessing to that. Thanks, Jane. Thanks for that, If you've got your Bibles, keep them open, because uh, we'll be working through that together this morning. Uh, it's a great passage, and Jesus gives us uh, two reasons why we shouldn't worry. Uh, he then gives us an antidote to why, what we should look at other than to worry. And then he talks about how we can be different into the world in relation to that. But firstly, it starts, doesn't it? The very first part of the passage it says, therefore. Uh, and if you ever see a therefore in the passage, then you want to know what the therefore is there for. It often means that there is something that's gone on before it that really helps us understand what we're about to read. So who can tell us what has gone on before it? There's a little test for you. Go back over the last few weeks in your memory. Who can remember what has happened previous to this part of the passage? If you want to quickly flip back, you'll see a couple of things. Yeah, so we had the treasure in heaven, didn't we? Then the vision where we're at, 
and then who's our master. But he jumped back even further because remember this is in one talk. Okay, Jesus is giving one talk here. It's not just little snippets, not little bite-sized bits, as we're doing it in one sense, but he's going through the whole lot. And so that was just before it. That's really important. But it actually sits in the context of the whole sermon. Who goes right back to the beginning where what does Jesus say? Blessed are the poor in spirit. It's the very first thing he says. He says that uh, we are to be people who are to live in life that recognises that we have nothing apart from God. We are to be poor in spirit. That is, we are to understand that us by ourselves cannot be right with God apart from Jesus. We've got to come to him first. And then he gives the Beatitudes, doesn't he? Blessed are, blessed are, blessed are. We are to live like Jesus in this world around us is what those blessed are about. And we are to shine like Jesus, light on the hill. Don't cover it up. We are to be salt and light. And then Jesus goes through and he says, it's not about the law, it's not about following these guidelines, it's about the heart. It's about living and obedience to Jesus, a radical life that lives for him from the heart. And then he says, don't be hypocritical, doesn't he? Don't get out there and pray like the Pharisees do in the middle of everything. Don't give so everyone can see what you're doing. Don't fast so that people make you think you're really good because you fast. Don't pray, don't fast, don't give. Like the hypocrites, be real in how you live. And then he comes in after that and he says, be real how you live and now he talks about how to live, doesn't he? And that's what those treasures is about, isn't it? He's saying, don't store up treasures here on earth, store up treasures in heaven. Don't be tempted by the temporary. Don't be tempted by the temporary. Only treasures in heaven will last forever and that's all the stuff he's talked about before, isn't it? Set your vision on Jesus. Keep your eyes on him. Set your sights on him because he is the one you are to serve. If we've got him as our treasure, if we're not tempted by the temporary, if we've got set him as our vision, if he's our master, he says, therefore, do not be anxious. How have you been going at that? Have you been waking up each morning and saying, right, God, today I'm not going to be tempted by the temporary. I'm going to set my heart on the treasures of heaven, living for you. My vision is on you, Jesus, and what you desire me for to do, I want to serve you. How's that been going for you this week? Let me encourage you to do that every morning when you get up. It's three great things to say, isn't it? Lord, I'm going to live for you and your treasures. I'm going to set my sights on you and I'm going to live for you because you're my master. Help me do that today. I challenge you, if you do that every morning, I think that will change your perspective on how you live your day, won't it? But not only that, Jesus says, don't be anxious. Don't worry. And he says it four times. If you look through that passage, so it's got to be his main point of the passage, doesn't it? When you look at things and Jesus mentions it more than once, you think, well, he's really getting on about this. And he mentions it four times. Well, he's really on about this, isn't he? He says, don't you guys worry. But he just doesn't say don't worry and be happy. Nice little saying. But actually he gives us something concrete why we don't have to worry. He tells us there's two reasons why you shouldn't worry and then he gives us one direction to set so you don't have to worry and he talks about how we can be distinctive in that. So if you've got your service sheets, if you look at the back, you'll see I've got four words there for you. Um, Decide that Ness on the back sounds good of everything. So you're going to see that the first thing we're going to look at is faithfulness. We're going to look at God's faithfulness. 
We're going to look at the uselessness of worry. We're going to see that we want to be the ambitiousness of what we should be ambitious for. And then we're going to look at being our distinctiveness, how that's going to help us. Four things. Uh, as you wake up in the morning from now on, you're going to have the three. You're going to say, okay, I'm not going to be tempted by the temporary Lord. I'm going to have your treasures in mind. I'm going to set you on my sights. I'm going to serve you. And then you're going to have three great things to help you to be distinctive in the world so you don't worry. I love the Bible. Because the Bible is not just out there and means nothing. Because it gives you really practical stuff. And these are great practical stuff. And I don't know about you, but I need to hear this. I worry. It's a burden of mine. I wake up in the middle of the night sometimes. I go to sleep really easily. I'm not sure what that is. But I go to sleep really easily. But if I wake up in the middle of the night... Be that for whatever reason, be my bladder tells me I've got to wake up. But if I wake up and then I go back to sleep, man, my brain goes crazy. It starts to go off on all these tangents. I start to worry about who I've got to have a conversation with and what I need to do over here and what I'm going to do here. I need to hear this this morning and I hope you do too and I hope it's really helpful for you because I know it's helpful for me. And the first thing that you see in this passage when Jesus says you don't need to worry He gives us a great reason. He says you don't have to worry because God is a faithful God. He goes through, doesn't he? He says, you know, don't worry about what you eat, what you drink, what you wear. They're not the important things in life. You are far more important than what you put into yourself. What you clothe yourself with, you are more important. God cares for you more than all of that. I don't know, I just quickly looked up on the internet, Women's Day, and I thought, what does Women's Day tell us we need to be on about, all right? Look and feel your best. That's what you've got to do. Delicious new chicken dinners. Fill your stomach. That's really important. Five tricks to improve your, what does that say? Luck now. Man, we've got to know that, don't we? We've got to know about those sorts of things. Turn clutter into cash. Get more, get rid of things to get more things. What's the use of that? What is that all about? But you notice what the magazines are about? What you eat, what you drink, what you wear. They're all about that sort of stuff, isn't it? It's about the stuff around us, but it's not really about who we are and what we are. And if we keep reading those magazines and keep looking at that stuff, we keep worrying that we don't have it. We don't have the body we're supposed to have. We don't have the clothes we should have. We don't have the house we should have. We don't have, we don't have, we don't have. So we get anxious and we worry. Jesus says, no, 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 you don't need to worry about that because look at the birds, he says, doesn't he? Look at the birds. I feed them. They don't go around trying to store up stuff. They're fed by me. Look at the lilies of the field. They are far more beautiful than the girl in the front of Woman's Day. Any Woman's Day. They are clothed spectacularly. How much more do I care for you? How much more, he says. If I'm faithful to my creation, then I'm going to be faithful to the pinnacle of my creation, which is you. Why worry? I keep talking about Vanuatu because it's in our mind, isn't it? But uh, uh, when we were over there just recently and we were looking around, if you drive through Vanuatu, the, the kids are smiling, the people are happy, you hang out the window and you wave and they'll wave from the other side of there. Our village, just because they see, their smiles are bright. They're just amazing. They've just had a cyclone go through and destroy all this stuff, but yet they don't seem to worry about anything. 
Uh, when you teach, speak to Australians over, they say that Nevans don't live for tomorrow. They live today. They live in what's around them. And what they have today, they live in that and they enjoy that and they don't worry about what's going to happen tomorrow particularly. They live in what they ha- where they are. And one of the guys on the trip says to, said to us, he said, isn't it amazing that you don't worry about the things you don't have? They don't worry about the things because they don't, have, they don't care. They don't have it, so don't worry about it. Don't worry about the fact that their side of their shed's been blown down. Well, they'll build another shed. If we destroy one of our houses, it would be the end of our world, wouldn't it? How do we pay for our mortgage? How do we replace those TVs? How do we get rid of How do we get back? I don't know. I'll just walk down the road, get a little bit of extra tin, and we'll just hammer it up there. It's all good. It's fine. Because we have all this stuff, we tend to worry about this stuff. Uh, because our priority is about the things around us, whereas Jesus says to us, no, 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 your priority is, is what, who you are and the relationships that you have and your relationship with me. You don't have to worry because God is faithful in those other things. He will provide what you need, not your greeds. He looks after his creation. He's going to look after you. He cares for his creation. He cares for you. How much more, Jesus says, does he care for you? So why worry about what you eat, what you drink, what you wear? It's hard though, isn't it? It is hard. Don't get me wrong, I'm not up here just saying, pontificating from the front, well, you've got to not worry, guys. It's so easy. Uh, but it's not. It's hard. We worry about this stuff. Now, I worry often about our finances at church. In the 18 years that I've been here, I don't think there's been one year where I haven't thought we're not going to make it to the end of the year. And I do, when I wake up in the middle of the night, often tend to think about our finances. I think, how can I state it? Can I, can I bring something to the congregation to help us get more? Can I do something to do that? I keep doing that. And then somewhere in my consciousness or my wife says to me, Paul, you've been here 18 years. God has provided every time for you. There has never been a week where we haven't been able to pay, sort out the things. We may not pay every bill, but we haven't been able to pay the bills we need to. We've done that 18 years as a church, as a family. We've done that. I need to hear this faithfulness, don't I? And then I need to look back and see God's faithfulness and realise he has provided everything has been needed and he will continue to do that and we need to hear that don't we God is faithful and that helps us get rid of worry doesn't it Uh, I just came across this little uh, ditty said the robin to the sparrow I should really like to know why these anxious human beings rush about and worry so Said the sparrow to the robin friend, I think that it must be that they have no heavenly father such as cares for you and me. It's pretty good, isn't it? God says, creation says to you and me, we don't have to worry. They understand that God is the father that looks after them, maybe. But we have seen that God is faithful to us, but yet we still doubt. What does Jesus say? He says, oh, you of little faith. Now, that's cutting, but it's so true. 
I could fob that off and try and put it aside, but actually it cuts the heart because that's my problem. Is I have little faith in a God who is faithful to me. And that's why I worry. Jesus wants to encourage us, doesn't he, that God is faithful. And he shows he's faithful ultimately to you and I in his son Jesus. Now Jesus is saying don't worry because God is faithful and we're going to see later on in his life that he is so faithful to us that he will not leave us in the circumstance and situation that we are in rebellion against God and separated from him forever with no hope to get to him but he sends Jesus who steps into that and brings us into relationship with God. God doesn't leave us to drown in our sin but he steps in and he saves us faithfully in Jesus. Now these guys at this point in time when Jesus is speaking to them don't know anything about what Jesus is going to do for them. That he dies and then he rises again and that he sends his spirit and he gives that to us. They don't know that. But Jesus is saying God is faithful. But we do. We have seen that. We do know that. God is so faithful he doesn't just give us food to to eat or clothes like the lilies of the field but he gives us salvation. He gives us life eternally which is far better and far greater than anything we can have here. That is how faithful God is to us. When we doubt we can look at creation and say God does it there but when we doubt we can look at Jesus and say God has done that for us. Can I encourage you in that? It's not easy, guys. I know I struggle with it personally. But I know it's my little faith is why I worry. I need to trust God more. He's got it sorted. He knows it. And when I trust in him more, then my worry decreases. Because I know he's got it sorted for us. It's a great one, isn't it? It's probably the biggest part of this whole passage is God's faithfulness to us. But not only does Jesus say, look at God's faithfulness to us, he also says to us, well, worry is useless as well. It actually does nothing. He says there, look what he says. He says in verse 27, can anyone of you by worrying add a single hour to your life? Try it. I challenge you. Worry and see whether you get any more time. Doesn't work, does it? Doesn't happen. Uh, That little phrase, a single hour to your life, could be translated either time in lifespan or height in uh, growing. Try that. If you feel you're short, try and make yourself taller. Doesn't work, guys. Doesn't work, all right? You know, we used to say to kids when they're growing up, well, you might have stuck them in a bit of manure to help them grow. No, the manure does nothing. doesn't change it. All right? We are going to be as tall as we are going to be tall. Uh, We've got as length of time that we're going to be given. God's got all that sorted too. He knows how tall you're going to be. He knows how long you're going to live for. So why worry about it? You can't do it. Forget the diets. Forget the exercise programs. No, he doesn't say that, does he? All right. It's not about that. It's about our worry about what's going to happen now and what's going to happen next and those sort of things. Worry cannot do it. It's useless. He says again, doesn't he? He says at the end, it's completely useless. He says, look... Verse 34, therefore do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. There's enough concerns here today to try and work out what's going to happen tomorrow. We need to be concerned about here and now. Don't worry about what's going to happen down the track in one sense. 
Don't get so concerned about it. How many times have you worried about something and it's never happened? Probably 90% of the time. How many times have you worried and then they say, well, you worry today and then you worry tomorrow. Well, you've doubled your worry. Why don't you just deal with it when it comes up? Well, you just worry once. Only once, only happens. There it is, done. You see, it's useless in the end. It's useless. It doesn't, doesn't change anything. God's got who you are sorted. He knows what's on about. He knows what's going to happen tomorrow. He will supply and survive, help you in each of those moments and each of those times because he is a faithful God. So why worry? Good things to remember, aren't they? God is faithful. Worry is useless. But Jesus doesn't leave it there. He gives us another thing to help us with this as well because he knows that we want to keep worrying. And so he gives us a different direction to go. Look what he says. Verse 33 there. But seek first his kingdom and his righteousness and all these things will be given to you as well. He says, change your thinking, change your direction, change what you're seeking for. Uh, the word that can be used for seek here is ambitiousness, your ambition. What is your ambition? Is your ambition to clothe yourself better, to have more things, to look after your stomach, to look after those things around you? Or is your ambition to seek what God desires and what he wants? What he's saying is to stop you from worrying, is to take your eyes off your navel and start looking to him. Take your eyes off what you're wanting to do and complete and have it done here and start looking to what God wants you to do and where that is. Now, that may still be where you are, but you have a different direction about why you're there. So when you go to work, your ambition is not so that you become the greatest salesman or the best businessman or the best reputation. Your desire when you go to work is to be a great representation of Jesus there. And if you're going to earn money, well, I'm going to use that to help God's kingdom grow. So I don't have to worry about reputation. I don't have to worry about quotas. I don't have to worry about those sorts of things. I just need to get on to live for Jesus where I am. Changes your perspective, doesn't it? You're ambitious for him. With your studies. Don't get me wrong, go hard. But you go hard because you want to serve Jesus and what he wants to do and his righteousness. It changes where your ambition is and it changes what you worry about. It changes your vision and helps you see what God's on about rather than what we're on about and that enables us to live with less worry. Seek first his kingdom and his righteousness. And what is his kingdom? Well, his kingdom is where everybody lives under Jesus' rule in every part of their life. That's what God's kingdom is. So for us to seek his kingdom is to seek for everybody to live under Jesus' rule in every part of their life. You personally and everyone else that you know. And if you're seeking to encourage people in that, you don't have to worry about clothes and food and those sorts of things, do you? You seek his kingdom and his rights to see people live under Jesus' rule in every part of their life. There you go. And if we do that, then we'll be very distinctive to everyone else in the world. Because everyone else in the world is worried about all these other things, aren't they? 
And Jesus wants us to be different. He wants us to have radical lives where that worry is no more ours. And why is it we don't have to worry? Is because we are in Jesus, in him, in his kingdom. And what it says there in verse 31, So do not worry, saying, What shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or what shall we wear? For the pagans run after all these things, and your heavenly Father knows that you need them. Distinctiveness. The whole of the Sermon on the Mount is about people who live for Jesus in every part of their life under God's kingdom, of God's people. That's what it looks like. And that they're distinctive. And so the world sees that and says, I want some of that. Because it's an attractive life. A life where you don't have to worry. That is an attractive life, isn't it? A life where you know what you're on about and where you're going and what you're doing because you're ambitious for Jesus and his kingdom and his righteousness. It's attractive, isn't it? It's not easy, but it's attractive. And then when people ask you, what's that about? You say it's because of Jesus and who he is and what he's done. And that brings glory to God. Distinctiveness. Stand out in the crowd. I'm not saying everyone out in the crowds is as unhappy as those little balls and we're the happy ones in one sense. But we are to be distinctive in that sense because we're to show how great our God is and how wonderful it is to live with Jesus as our ruler and our king because he enables us to live in this world in a way that's attractive, without worry, with purpose, with distinction, ambitiousness for him and his kingdom. Great little pithy little saying, isn't it? Don't worry, be happy. You can sing that all you like and it'll be in your head, I'm sure, for the rest of the day. But I hope as it's in your head that you'll think, well, that's pithy, but that's not going to get me there. There is something better than that. For me not to worry is not just to be happy, but it's to know that God is faithful. It's to know that he's got it all sorted. It's to know that worry in the end is useless. It's to know that we are to seek and be ambitious for God's kingdom and his righteousness, for people to live with Jesus their king in every part of their life. And when we do that, we're going to know that we're going to be distinctive, radical followers of Jesus. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, it's... uh, Uh, This really hits home. Uh, This really touches where we're at, Lord, because uh, we all worry. We all get anxious. Uh, And, Lord, we get anxious over things that in the end we ultimately have no control over. We get anxious in ways, Lord, that are unhelpful and in the end can be very hurtful to ourselves and to those around us. Uh, Lord, we pray that by your spirit, Lord, you'll take that and apply it to our hearts because by ourselves, Lord, we still want to worry. We still want to take it into our hands. We still want to try and work that out. But, Lord, when we put it into your hands, when we trust you who is a faithful God, when we realise that worry is useless, Lord, when we realise that what we need to be on about what we need to be ambitious about is you and your kingdom. 
Lord, you will relieve that anxiety and that worry and take it. And Lord, we will be people who are distinctively living radical lives for you. Lord, we ask by the power of your spirit that you will change us into those sorts of people. Remind us, Lord, daily of the truths that we've just heard. Lord, by the power of your spirit, we ask that you'll change us and make us worry-free people, Lord. Pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.